Welcome back to the Michael Munoz Podcast, everybody. It's your host, Michael Munoz, and today we have, most people would probably say boring episode, but God's word is never boring to me, so let's get on. So I just finished reading Daniel. I don't, you guys probably didn't know that. I just got done reading Daniel. A lot of prophecy about the end times, a lot of, a lot of stuff that may seem daunting, but it's very hopeful if you look at it with the right perspective. And so I decided why not read Leviticus? You know, I've read Genesis, I've read Exodus, and the next book is Leviticus. And, you know, I, I always, you know, you hear things about Leviticus. It's like, oh, it's about the law. It's about sacrifice. It's decided to read. I decided to read it for myself. I wanted to really see what it, um, what it entailed. So I just read chapter one the other day. And I have some thoughts that I wrote down. And then I also have a commentary that can kind of help if there's anything I didn't understand. So uh, here we go. I'm going to start reading. Leviticus chapter 1. The burnt offering. The Lord called. Excuse me. Called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said speak to the Israelites and say to them. When anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord. Bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. Now, that's, okay, so hold on. Verse 1, think about that, right? How amazing is that? The God of heaven, the God of heaven called to Moses. He called to Moses. I, I think, I just think that's amazing. I mean, God's love and care for his people, they're showed in this verse. I mean, he... He, he reaches out to us, right? God, what people don't realize is God reaches out to people, okay? Through visions, possibly signs, wonders. There's even people that, there are people, uh, people think miracles can't happen anymore um, in the name of Jesus. But I, I don't know. But, but God calls to his people. And I think that's very amazing and something we need to pay attention to more often. And when I say calls to his people, I guess I should have given it some context. I don't mean God calls to help. He doesn't need help. He doesn't need us. Understand that, right? He's God. He's outside of time, space, and matter. He doesn't need our help. But he still uses us for his purposes, which think about that. Just think about how amazing that is to be used by the God of heaven. I don't know. Maybe I'm blabbering on too much, but I think that's amazing, right? And here we go. Verse 3. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, you are to offer a male without defect. You must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. You are to lay your hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on your behalf to make atonement for you. You are to slaughter the young bull before the Lord, and then Aaron's sons, the priest, shall bring the blood and splash it against the sides of the altar at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Now remember, Aaron, Moses, um, they're still in this story because this is a continuation from Exodus. Leviticus is, the book of Leviticus. All right, just want to give us some context. Um, verse 6, you are to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, are to put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. 
excuse me. Then Aaron's sons, the priest, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the wood that is burning on the altar. You are to wash the internal organs and the legs with water, and the priest is to burn all of it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Okay then, right? So, just, I, you got to understand something when you read that. Verses 2 through 9, notice how it has to be a burnt offering and a male without defect. And it has, to, and so, these are all temporary atonements, right? They're temporary things. That they're, they're, they're temporary sacrifices. This, it doesn't forgive them once and for all like Christ does, right? And so, in this commentary, um, one guy says, uh, he says here, um, the sacrificial system was an essential element of the most I don't want to say that. The covenant, because it was the impossible to live up to the requirements of the law. No one could perfectly obey the law, and sin had to be dealt with through sacrifice. Each commanded sacrifice was significant, and they all pointed toward the perfect sacrifice Jesus would offer by his crucifixion. Remember what I said. Jesus can forgive once and for all. He can wash away your stains once and for all. You're forgiven. Those goats and those... Those animals that they used to sacrifice, sacrifice, they were temporary sacrifices. Understand that, right? And remember, you, you, could, you can't live up to the law. That's why we need Christ, right? And so, um, verse 3, it says, without defect. Well, it realize this. It shows, it shows the holiness of the Lord. In that because it says without defect there cannot be nothing anything wrong there can be nothing wrong with that male animal that they're sacrificing right they have to be pure animals right and then you go to verse 4 it says verse 4 this atonement was all and then I, I wrote this down this atonement was always temporary because we know Christ is our permanent atonement right now i will use scripture to obviously show that to you and here's the first one hebrews okay listen in hebrews 2 9 but we do see jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of god he might taste death for everyone remember these animals could not forgive. They couldn't forgive forever. They couldn't. Keep, they. It wasn't the eternal. It wasn't a. It, it, they were all et temporary atonements. Remember what it says here, that he might taste death for everyone. That's Christ, right? And then John. Hold on. And then First John three sixteen. Oh my goodness! Give me a second. This is, oh my goodness, come on. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's, 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 uh, that's a pretty general verse that is, it's well known when talking about the atonement of Christ. And then I have one more. 
to show you. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for us, for our, for our sins, according to the scriptures. And actually in the Old Testament, I actually did prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament in one of my older podcasts. There's many prophecies about Christ dying on the cross for us. Okay? So don't don't forget that because that there literally is. There's a lot of them that predict Christ is the Messiah. Well, I, I mean, Christ means Messiah, but you know you know what I'm trying to say. Let's be real here. <laughs> um, and then and then and think about think about the burnt offering overall, though, right? It showed it. You gotta read. You gotta understand when you read this whole chapter. It literally shows true dedication to God, and it showed true surrender to God. Remember, the Israelites had to give the best of what God had blessed them with. Okay? I want you to hear that again. God had to give the best of what, or or, I mean, the Israelites had to give the best of what God had blessed them with. Remember verses 2 through 3. Speak to the Israelites and say to them, when anyone among you offer brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, you are to excuse me, you are to offer a male without defect. You must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. God blessed them with these animals and these flocks, and guess what? They had to give their best one, the one that was, the one that was without defect, and had to give them to the Lord. And in the same way, I want you to think about this: What is worship? What is worship to you? What is worshiping God to you? Think about that. Is worshiping God, um, singing songs on Sunday. I have nothing against it. I think we should go to church on Sunday and sing songs and praise the Lord. But is it also something else? Is it is it just that, or is there something else? Right. And I, I want to read you a couple verses to show you there is there's there's. There's more to worshiping the Lord than what we may see in our Western culture today. Just, just me being honest about this, right? Now, this verse is probably not... I, I don't know how popular it is. I mean, seriously. I, I don't know if it's something a lot of people read or not. But I found this very helpful to, uh, for understanding what worshiping the Lord is. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness... Tremble before him all the earth. Psalm 96 verse 9. Worshiping the Lord is more than singing praises. Even though it is that also. It's more than just that. It is. Remember what I remember the two words I used earlier when I'm talking about um, the burnt offering. It showed real. It showed true dedication and surrender to God. What is worship? What is worship? It's true dedication to God and surrender to God. That that's also part of worshiping. 
is to wake up every morning and say, God, I'm yours. And truly mean it. Like, God, I'm yours. I will do, the, I, I want to do the will of the Father. That's, I want to do the will of the Father. Like, waking up and saying that, that, that should be every day. That is what worship is. And you're going to have bad days. I've had them too. There's days I haven't gone to church. And I have, and there are days like that that I have failed, right? That's why I'm, I'm transparent with you guys about this. I have failed. I have failed at worshiping the Lord in the highest regard, which is literally, we should be, remember, Psalm 99 verse 5, exalt the Lord our God, worship at his footstool, holy is he. It doesn't say holy is Micah, it doesn't say holy is you, it doesn't say holy is somebody else in your family, it says holy is he. Right? And so... I just want to encourage you guys and just say this week, this the, into this week, remember something. Worshiping God is more than singing on Sunday. It's more than singing worship songs. Which th- That's great. Keep doing that. I do that too. I want to keep doing that. But I also want to be so fully surrendered to God every day in every aspect of my life. Right? And I also want to be so dedicated to serving God and serving others. I, I, my uncle Ted, my uncle Ted, my grandpa Steve, we were we were eating the other day at my uncle Ted's house, and he said something. They they were asking me something. It, it they they meant it. I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Um, my uncle, my grandpa Steve goes, "How do you become a serve?" Or, or he says, "How do you become the greatest, Mike?" Because you're talking about football players or whatever. And I, I kind of, I, you know, I said something like train harder or something, you know, because I didn't know they were talking about in a biblical context. Well, I should have known that, right? And um, <coughs> my grandpa Steve, I, I'm like, I don't know. <coughs> excuse me. My gra- I, I said, I don't know the answer. It's like, seriously, I don't understand the answer. And he goes, be a servant of all. And... That I and, and then and then he proceeded and then he proceeded to give me two plates and said here you go, and I, I got the joke. But he, but it, I don't think he may have realized. But it hit me a lot deeper than than um, than I think he meant that that he may have meant it to be. It may have been, he, it, it's a true thing, but it was also kind of a joke to. Oh excuse me, it was kind of also a joke to get me to throw away the things. But it hit me very deep in the heart. And part of serving God and worshiping Him is, is obeying what He wants and obeying what He tells us to do and doing, doing, doing it and doing it fully, not halfway, not kind of, doing it all the way, following through with what God has told you to do. I mean, I, I'll, be on, I'll be honest, another story, you know, I, you know, I was, I just met Pastor Levi, my um, new pastor. I only met him once at a coffee shop, the first time I met him. And, you know, it, it was him and his family, and and then uh, me and uh, one of my friends, John Taylor. And that was all the church had. And I was like, I walked out of that place, and I told him I'm good, but I, I said, we got, I, I'm, I'm on board. And I was like, wow. I walked into my car and I was like, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen here. There's like 
15 people here for a church. I mean, that, that's, that's low. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And throughout it, I had to, God led me and, and broke many different walls that I had up. For instance, this was a story I was going to tell you. I'll get wrapped up soon, guys. Um, I, I was, I, Pastor Levi invited me to come help him for our first interest party to help him set up the stuff, right? And I, I was all pumped. I was like, okay, let's go. I, God, I'm so excited for this opportunity. Well, the day came and I tried to get out of it. I texted Pastor Levi. You can, you know, if any of you ever get to meet, he's an, he's an amazing pastor. Um, I, I, I know I just met him six, seven months ago, but he, I, I, I really do truly love him. And I'll tell you, I texted him. I was telling him, I was like, hey, man, I don't know. Do you guys still need help? I was trying to, you know, be, you know, passive. I was like, well, maybe he'll be like, oh, it's okay. You don't need to come over anymore. And he said, no, no, we still need help. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so nervous, man. And I told God, I'm like, God, I don't know if I could do it. And he, and in, in my heart, I just, you know, and in my head, I, I just kept hearing it. Go, go go just go just go you you need to go like like i gave you this i could literally hear god saying i gave you this opportunity you've been praying for this and now you're not gonna go go like and and i was my whole way there i was like oh my goodness i was dreading it but afterwards i was so excited and look where we're at today we're about to open the church in january 30th High Ridge Church, God has, it, the, the church has been fruitful. Many, many people, many, many, many people have came through and that are going to be a part of the church. And we have like 60 people on our launch team, you know, and I look back at that, I'm like, wow, if, if we don't worship God in spirit and truth, like his word says, and, and we don't listen to the will of him, what he wants, are we truly worshiping him? That's the whole point of that story I just told. Are we truly worshiping him if we are not doing the will of him? If we're not doing the will of God in heaven, are we truly worshiping him? Or are we only doing half worship? Are we singing worship songs and singing praises but forgetting about the other part, which is picking up our cross? I know that got very serious very quick, but I mean that. And with all sincerity, I do. And so, um, you know, guys, I, I thank you guys for listening. And I want you to think about that this week, okay? Whoever does listen to this, I want you to think about that. Are you worshiping God in spirit and truth? Or are you just singing praises to him? Or are you doing all of it? Are you doing the will of the, uh, are you doing the will of the Father? Are you picking up your cross? Are you surrendering to God? Are you dedicating your whole life to God? Are you willing to lose everything in your life? That shows your true worship to God. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say, but that, that's all I that, actually there is one more thing if you guys do read Leviticus this week 
I want you to realize and be that much more thankful for Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Because if you read how much stuff they had to do, if you if you realize, look how much they did when worshiping God, when when um, when doing the burnt offerings, they had to do a lot, right? They did a lot of stuff. What makes us, and I'm not saying we're saved by works, hear me out. I'm saying, why do we think that we can just sing praises to the Lord and not pick up our cross and follow Him? Why do we think that the the two don't go together? They do. We need to do both. They did all that stuff and we think we can just go, sorry, we think we just go go to church on Sunday and not, and and sing praises to the Lord, which is good. I'm not saying it's not. It's a great thing to do. Please do it. But we also need to pick up our cross, show our dedication, and surrender to Him. That is true worship. I have one more verse for you. I'm just looking this up on my computer, so give me one second. It's like a more... This is uh, it's a more podcasty type, I guess. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, here it is. Romans six twenty two. But now that you have been set free from sin, remember we're not we're no longer slaves to sin slaves to righteousness you have become slaves oh oh yeah one second but now that you have become set free from sin and have become slaves of god the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life wow And, and notice one last, notice another thing. You know, I heard Jordan Peterson talking about this the other day. I know I'm getting off track, but this is one other part that I wanted to talk about. Jordan Peterson, right? He he was talking about it, and he said, I'm trying to think and remember back. He was talking about impulses. And... He was talking about, remember I said we're no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. Well, people in this world, the people of this world, believe that if it feels good, it's right. But in all reality, and, and that they're free, they're, people believe that they're free to live their life if they're following their impulses and following what feels good. But let me tell you something they are not seeing it the right way because they're slaves to sin. They're slaves to their own impulses. They're not free. Being being free means free from all those bad things. Being free, being set free by the truth. The truth will set you free. When you're set free, you're not you're no longer a captive or a slave to sin, a slave to those things of the world, the things that deteriorate you, the things that kill you and that kill your spirit. You won't ever, you won't, you will no longer be a slave to that stuff in Christ Jesus. But the world has it very mixed up. As Jordan Peterson said, I, 
I encourage you to watch that video. Um, Michael Knowles and Jordan Peterson have a conversation, 27 minutes long. I, it, in all honesty, I, you know, you can listen to the five minutes of this. You hop out, hop on over there. Let me tell you, I'm telling you, it's a great, it's a great debate. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, people believe that being free is is being a slave to your impulses. It's not true. Being a slave to your impulses means you be being doing what makes you happier, what feels good means you're a slave to your impulses. The Bible says otherwise. That 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 people think that's good. The Bible says otherwise. The Bible says that's bad. Being a slave to sin is bad. And it's not it's it's not just Christians don't just harp and say that sin is bad just because we hate people. It's not because we hate people. We don't hate people. It's because we want to see you be set free. We want to see you be set free from sin. Because we know that it kills your spirit because we are going we have went through the same thing. I love all you out there that are listening to this. And I encourage you to send this episode to somebody that may be stuck, that may be in enslaved to sin and I encourage you to pray for them and that they believe believe God's word and trust in God's promises and be saved God bless everybody